Today, Pastor Ray Bentley points out a successful prayer life follows the pattern Jesus gave us. We usually begin with our laundry list of could you do this, could you do that, and da 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 da. Jesus says when you start to pray, don't even worry about your plans. Enter into my plans. Let my plans unfold. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray for his plan to unfold. Spread the news. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Among the greatest finds on the internet are how-to videos. You can learn everything from fixing a toilet to flying an airplane. It's helpful when an expert shows you how it's done. Today, Pastor Ray takes us to an expert on talking to God. It's how-to instruction on prayer from God the Son Himself. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, and we're going to talk about prayer. This is right after Jesus comes on Palm Sunday. Verse 10 says, And when he, Jesus, had come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, Yeshua, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. So again, Galilee is uh, up in the north of Israel, the little fishing villages, Bethsaida, Capernaum, etc. there. Jesus' headquarters was up there. Most of his miracles were done in the north of Israel. But three times a year, you had to come to Jerusalem to celebrate their seven feasts that are talked about in Leviticus 23. If you lived all the way to the north, you know, coming back and forth seven times, that doesn't work. So some of the feasts are grouped together. Passover is one of them because you have the last three feasts. Passover, Yom Kippur, Feast of Tabernacles are in a two-week window. So you could travel and spend two weeks there and fulfill the last three feasts. That's where we are now. Jesus has come for Passover. He's come with his disciples. And as we mentioned, it was Palm Sunday or Lamb Selection Day. It's the day when everybody had to pick their lamb for the upcoming Passover that would be coming on Friday. And that's the day that they would select the lambs. That's the day Jesus rode from the top of the Mount of Olives down the Kidron Valley and up into uh, the Temple Mount. So the crowds would swell to four to five times their normal size on that day. Everybody is talking about Jesus. And um, when Jesus now comes, he comes directly to the temple. The the whole way that he went from Palm Sunday and the Mount of Olives was to go through the Eastern Gate and to the Temple Mount. And as I note here, the most important purpose of the temple of God is prayer. And instead he found merchandise and trade. So beginning in verse 12, look what we, here's what we see. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all of those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Wow, 
I mean, can you imagine Jesus? Maybe you've seen it in the films a little bit. I don't think any film has ever really done justice to what Jesus did when he came to the temple. And what they had in the Temple Mount area was, so you had to use, because Israel was under Rome, you had to use Roman coins. And Roman coins had the face of Caesar on it. Remember when they came and asked Jesus, hey, should we pay taxes or not, trying to trap him? And he said, well, give me a coin. So they gave him a coin. He goes, whose face is on it? They said, well, Caesar. And he goes, well, if Caesar put his face on it, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, but give to God the things that are God's. I love that because he said, well, whose coin is it? Well, he put his own face on it. Must be his. Give it back to him. But where you see God put his face on us, we're made in his image. Therefore, give yourselves to God. That's what Jesus is really saying. But on this day, the disciples, this was radical. And by the way, this is the second time Jesus has done this. Apparently, the very first year that Jesus came to the temple, he came and he threw the money changers' tables over because they had this exchange going. The priests had set up kind of a system where they said, look, if you want to come here and worship God, you cannot use the Roman coins. That's pagan. They're idols. So we have Jewish money. You have to exchange your Roman money, your pagan money, for the Jewish money. And then guess what? They added a little fee for themselves. Maybe not so little. And they made money. And then on the sacrifices, they would say, oh, you know, your animal, they would find a blemish or whatever. But they said, but we have our own animals that were raised by our priests, and they're accepted right away. And then they would charge them more money. So the whole thing was about, you know, it was about exchanging money. They were making a lot of money. And nobody was really praying. So Jesus gets there, and he's stirred up. And now this is the second time he's done it. And he comes up to a, a table that's got money in exchange and a long line, and he flips that thing on its head. Coins go flying. There's animals there. Doves go, you know, and they're flying away and declared shame on all those present. Jesus, so when he went to the temple, he cast out, he overthrew, he cleaned house. And I believe that's what he wants to do with his temple. Now, what's interesting is that the New Testament says that there's another temple, and the new temple is made of living stones. The living stones are believers. It's literally you and I. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Let's read this out loud. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Then it was the physical temple made of stone. Now it's a temple made of men and women who are filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's looking for prayer. He's looking for prayer in our hearts and in our lives. And if it isn't there, if our hearts aren't right, God's going to take you and shake you for your own good to wake us up and to recognize that we need to look up and connect with him. So since Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And by the way, I believe that he was saying that in fulfillment of a prophecy about himself. This is my house, and I want it to be a house of prayer. I want you to write this down. The heart of prayer. What is prayer? The heart of prayer is connecting with God relationally. 
well, you and I need to connect with God relationally, not just religiously, and not just in some kind of outward form, uh, but in relationship. So the disciples saw Jesus, and they noticed every day in the morning, even before they woke up, he was already gone. Where is he? They all knew. He's out praying. He's talking to his father. And he would come back energized, filled up, over, just can't wait for the day. He goes, man, talk to my father today. Got some pretty exciting stuff going to happen today. Wait till you see it, guys. And then he would go out, boom. And all of this stuff would start flying. Finally, the disciples started getting and connecting his prayer time to the supernatural power. And they said, hey, could you teach us to pray like you? Because we pray, we don't get the same results. <laughs> teach us to pray. So then Jesus said, okay. And he said, pray after this manner. Notice he did not say, pray this prayer. Now, there's nothing wrong with actually praying the Lord's Prayer as it is, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you can pray through the prayer in less than 30 seconds. But Jesus did not literally, and there's nothing wrong with praying it that way, but Jesus didn't say, pray this prayer, exactly just this. He said, after this manner, pray. That's a little difference. What does it mean to pray after this manner? I believe that what Jesus was saying is, I'm giving you kind of the bullet point outlines of how to really pray and connect with the supernatural. So you start with our Father who art in heaven. The first thing that if you want prayer that will change everything, you need to connect relationally with God. And by the way, uh, we're, we're to call him Father. We're to reach out to him as Father. And uh, so Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Uh, let's, let's read this out loud. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, which is in English, Daddy, Father. I want to say this to you, and I know that this is true of some of you that are listening Listen to what I am about to say. If you are serving God out of fear as a slave, you have the wrong picture of God. And your view of God will determine your relationship with God. Nobody should serve God out of fear. We are his sons. We are his daughters. We are in intimate, close relationship with him. And he wants us, that's what he says. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, to the opposite, you have God's spirit. You've been adopted as his own children. You can call him Abba, Father or Daddy. So our Father who art in heaven. And the second phrase Jesus used is, hallowed be thy name. So I'm going to say bigger than just saying, well, hallowed be thy name. Prayer is to worship his name. That's what hallowed be thy name means. It means to worship the name of the Lord. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teaching means to them. You were our Billy Graham. Our spiritual walk has been so sweet since we became Christians. To know you was to learn to live the Great Commission and fulfill God's great commandments. Thank you for being such a beautiful inspiration and leading my husband to be such a godly man, which allowed me to become a faithful servant of our Lord. Well done. 
Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. And by the way, his name is not God. That's a title. God is the supreme creator of the universe. Yeah, that's true, but that's not his name. Hallowed be thy name. Now, one of his names is Father. We can worship him through his name. Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do you know the names of God? You should be worshiping the names of God. They are found all throughout the Bible. And we should know them and we should worship it. He has more than one name. He has many names. And by the way, there are different names that will supply what you need at a specific moment. And when you get the right name, you tap into something that's very, very powerful. Why? Because names have power. When I was, uh, you know, Vicki and I, when, when our children, Daniel and Annie, were little years ago, we lived in a two-story house. Today we live in a one-story house, which is nice. But in the two-story house, and Daniel and Annie's bedrooms were upstairs, and sometimes you don't want to, you know, run up the stairs to tell them or whatever. And if I could look up the stairs and I could see Annie, I'd say, Annie, you know, tell Daniel I want him to clean his room and da 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 and whatever. So I would see little Annie and she'd turn it, Daniel, go do blah, 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 blah. Then I would hear Daniel go, blah, 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 you know, like he's giving back lip to his sister. No, I'm not gonna do that. So she goes, Daniel's not doing what, and you know, whatever. So <laughs> then I go to Annie, okay, tell Daniel, dad said, do da 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 da. She goes, dad said, Daniel. And I hear him, da 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 da, but then he goes and does what he's supposed to do. Sometimes with Vicky, you know, they would get in trouble, whatever. She'd go, and they'd go, oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? She goes, I'm not doing nothing. I'm waiting until Dad gets home. No, no, punish us now. Beat us now. Don't have Dad come home. <laughs> because there's something about a name, even Dad, even Father, it has weight to it. It has authority to it. It has power to it. And when you say dad, it carries something that, that is both precious, dad, father, Abba, or when you want uh, to communicate something. Look at this in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. This is from the Old Testament. Let's read it out loud. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Run to the names of God. Now, I just put this, uh, I think, in your notes, and I didn't write all the Hebrew names, and you can study that on your own. These are some of the names of God. One of his names is righteousness. You need to know that name, claim that name. Paul said, I don't want my own righteousness. I want your righteousness, Lord. Another name of God is healer. Lord, I need you to be my healer. Heal me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Make me whole. Another name of the Lord is, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And it, when I follow him, he leads me to the green pastures and he makes me lie down in still waters. Lord, today, I don't know which way to go. You're my shepherd, I'm following you. The Lord is your provider. That's one of his names. Lord, I don't have enough. <laughs> I, I, got, I got too much month for what money I have. I need you to be my 
provider. And every time you say that, God says, well, it just happens to be my name. I am the Lord who will provide for you. You're in the midst of chaos. And you say, Lord, I need peace. And I know that your name is peace. Therefore, I declare your shalom in my house, in my job, in this relationship, this marriage, or whatever, in the name of Jesus. Oh, there's power in the name of the Lord as peace. You're battling, you're fighting, something at work, some contract, whatever. And then you go, Lord, you are my banner of victory. No matter what happens, I shall be victorious as I follow you and honor you. These are just a few of the names of God. So whenever in the Bible you pick up a name, note it, write it down. Have a page in your Bible where you know the names of God. Call on the right name at the right time. Boom, the glory of God will flow through you. Amen? Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he says, thy name kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want you to know this, pray for his plan to unfold. And I want you to note that in the manner or the pattern of prayer, we still haven't got to our stuff yet. We usually begin with our laundry list of could you do this, could you do that, and da 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 da. We haven't even gotten to that yet. Jesus says when you start to pray, don't even worry about your problems or your plans Enter into my plans. Let my plans unfold. When I was a young Christian and a new believer, somehow I thought prayer was spending a little bit of time telling God what's going on down here as if he didn't know already. And then once I told him what's going on down here, I gave him a lot of hints of what he might want to do to help change the situation. I've given God a lot of counsel in my prayers. I've learned over the years that God does not need my wisdom, input, or counsel. How many of you would say amen to that? but I've spent a lot of time praying that way. And growing up and with experience, I've learned to discover something. All the energy I put into, here's what I, God, if you would do this and make that person and change this situation and da 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 da, and, and then it comes through. And then all of a sudden, my experience is then God's plan unfolded. And I go, whoo. I can't tell you how many times I look back and I go, wow, I was so wrong. And I wanna just say, thank you, God, you didn't listen to me and you didn't answer the prayer the way I wanted because the way you just did it is like a million times better. So you learn by experience, like Jesus said, to pray, forget my agenda, God, what's your agenda? I'm gonna slip right into, what's your plan, God? I might be a mess, might be a chaos, might be like freaking out, and you're like, but I know in the midst of this, you have a plan, whatever your plan is, I'm there, I'm in, I'm all in. Let your plan unfold. And I've been shocked when I have come into desiring, not me figuring it out. By the way, that takes a lot of energy to try to figure it out, help God, counsel him, and then pray. A lot easier to go, God, I I don't have a clue. You know all the participants, you know all the problems, all the people, and I'm just gonna trust you. Thy kingdom come, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Let your plan unfold, whatever it is, I'm all in. And he goes, Good, I'm waiting for that. I got you. And then you see, and he does stuff. He will move mountains. He will change minds. He will change hearts. What seemed like all against you goes the opposite, and everybody is for you. It's awesome. It's incredible. Growing, I've learned to pray from the very get-go. Lord, whatever, I want in on your plan for my life, whatever that may be. Luke 12, 31, let's read this out loud. Seek the kingdom of God above all else 
and He will give you everything you need. And that, that's one of the best ones. I love that verse. Memorize it, meditate on it, put it inside your mind and heart. And then closing, we'll look at the last few verses. So after Jesus cleans his house, because there was no prayer going on, it says in verse 14, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. Whoo, I love that. And he healed them. He just cleaned house. All the religious leaders, priests, Pharisees, scribes, chief priests, get out of here. You're not doing the right thing. You're not even praying. But in the midst of that, guess who were not afraid of him? They were all afraid of him, but who was not afraid of him? The blind, the poor, the lame, the needy, they were drawn to Jesus. They said, wow, if you, we didn't like those guys either. And if you're against them, you must be for us. And exactly, they came to Jesus, he touched them and healed them. That's what the body of Christ is to be, healers. When we pray and are in fellowship with God, we become healers of those who are lost and those who are broken and those who are confused and they don't know where they're going. And so, but when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, healings, and the, then the children cried out in the temple, read teenagers. There was a youth movement on the Temple Mount that day and they were shouting and screaming, the most excited people on the day to the miraculous Miracles of healing and supernatural were the teenagers. And I want to say this, because I know we got teenagers in the house today. Every communion, we invite all the teenagers in. And I want to say this to you. I pray in the name of Jesus that every teenager that goes through this house will experience the supernatural power and presence, the miracle working power of God. You will never forget it. You will never be the same. It's not a game, it's not politics, it's not left, it's not right. When you come and experience the power that God is real, heaven is real, angels are real, demons are real, the whole thing is real, and your eyes are open, no college, no institution, no political bent will ever be able to, it's like you're, you're, you know, it's like I know what's going on now. It will never be the same, amen? And the teenagers got it, and they said, Hosanna to the son of David, and they were indignant the chief priests were mad. So teenagers, when religious people get mad at you for believing in the supernatural, don't worry about it. They, said, they came and they said, hey, Jesus, you hear what these teenagers are saying about you? They think you're the guy, the Messiah. Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes, nursing infants, you have perfected praise. He goes, you think it's a big deal that teenagers can recognize the supernatural? I'm telling you out of the scriptures, even babies respond to my voice. It's big. It's big. And then he left them and he went out of the city to Bethany and he lodged there. And by the end of this week, by his crucifixion, death, burial, whoo, and the resurrection on the third day, the world, not only on the earth, but in the supernatural realm would never be the same again. He is risen and we're getting to worship him. We get to have communion with him. We're in relationship with him. His father is our father and we're in the family of God. Amen. Amen. Great insight today from Pastor Ray Bentley, a study dedicated to more effective prayer. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, A House of Prayer. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. 
When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his new book called The Final Witness, an eye-opening prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full five-book series called The Elijah Chronicles. You can, too. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Matthew. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.